0: Oh Baby, the laid-back podcast about pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. I'm your host, Alessia Plojit. Today, I am joined by Anne Davis, a fertility doctor and board certified OBGYN who just opened her first business, Pearl Mini IVF in San Diego, California. Pearl is San Diego's first woman-run clinic, so it is an absolute pleasure to have you here, Anne.
1: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Mini-STEM IVF treatment is a relatively new offering in the IVF industry, and one that many proponents say is safer, gentler, more affordable, and arguably more effective than traditional IVF. But why don't we start with the basics? What is IVF,
1: anyway? That's a great question, Alessia. IVF is in vitro fertilization, which really just means that we need to remove the egg from a woman and the sperm from a man, and we need to bring them together in the laboratory setting because for whatever reason, their attempts to conceive naturally have just not been working. Um, and that can be for a lot of different reasons. I'm sure many people listening have or know people who have dealt with infertility, and that reason can be anything from irregular ovulation for on the woman's side, or it could be a problem with sperm on the male side, or any number of other structural or physiologic abnormalities Um, but the bottom line is that one out of eight couples are struggling with infertility so in vitro fertilization or IVF has really provided an option to couples that just a few decades ago they wouldn't have had and that is to be able to create a family with our help yeah and
0: and you hear about ivf everywhere right i mean the celebrities are doing ivf your girlfriends yes. are doing ivf it's it's so much more common now and i'm so happy to say that i feel like the stigma is starting to be lifted about about infert- on infertility and and getting help for infertility because it's it's just a, a health issue like any other
1: it is it really is and i'm i'm so happy to see that um not just because it means that patients who are infertile are getting the help that they need, Um, but because I think women have struggled with infertility in silence for so, so long. And I'm just so happy that whether it's from the celebrity side or whether people are becoming more comfortable talking about it just with close friends, it's becoming less of a stigma. It's becoming less of an issue to bring up and to discuss. And more and more when I talk to my patients, they're starting to tell me that they're actually excited to talk to their friends about their experience. Um, and that's just makes me so hopeful and so excited.
0: When we think about IVF, we think, okay, yeah, you know, I I know somebody that's done that. I've I've heard of that. You know, I know Kim Kardashian used a surrogate and, you know, so-and-so used IVF and that type of thing. But then when you hear about mini stim, it's kind of interesting and intriguing, and it's a little bit more unknown. And you think, well, what's mini stim? Is that IVF? Is that not IVF? What does it entail? And your clinic is all about mini stim. So you would be a great person to tell us, what on earth is mini stim IVF?
1: We are really excited at Pearl to be focusing on minimal stimulation IVF, or mini-STEM, as we like to call it. Um, You know, the idea behind mini-STEM really isn't especially new. It was actually developed in Japan in the 80s and um, gained a lot of favor there over the years and has taken a little bit longer to be appreciated, I think, in the States, but has had its place, I think, um, for the last few years and is really starting to gain um, momentum. But the reason for that is that minimal stimulation IVF takes the approach that less is more. And that with more gentle stimulation to the ovaries, more of a physiologic response, that the quality of the eggs we get may actually be better. Now, the big difference, of course, is that with a gentler and lower quantity of stimulation medications, we don't go for as many eggs. Our goal is not to get as many eggs as possible. And that's probably the thing I think that specifically differentiates us from more traditional IVF. Um, Traditional IVF, the goal has always been to get as many eggs as possible with the idea that all of the eggs may not fertilize, all of the fertilized eggs may not mature and all of the mature eggs may not be, you know normal and may not develop into normal embryos. And so that battle of attrition has been something we've faced for many, many years um, in the lab. And over time, especially in the last 10 years, I would say, generally speaking in terms of IVF laboratories, our embryo culture techniques have vastly improved, and we are much, much better at selecting and creating embryos um, effectively and so with mini STEM, we can start to rest on that development that's happened in the lab and give them fewer eggs and say hey maybe instead of 15 eggs let's give you six and let's see how we can do with that. And lo and behold, you know, with the superior embryo culture systems that we are using now, those six eggs can still become two or three embryos, as opposed to 15 eggs with traditional IVF also becoming three or two or three embryos, maybe three or four. So, with that said, certainly there's nothing different about a mini STEM laboratory than there is from a traditional IVF laboratory. We can do any protocol, and really, mini STEM is just a different protocol, it just involves a different combination of medications, both oral and injected, at lower doses than what you traditionally see in IVF. Um, But what we think we are able to get with that is not just a better experience for the patient, um, a more affordable treatment, as well as less social and time burden for the patient, but really, again, possibly the better quality eggs because we're giving the ovary a chance to give us what it wants, as opposed to us kind of just yelling at it to give us everything it has the outcomes, um, you know, with minimal stimulation IVF are much better than we would expect when you just look at a quantity standpoint. So, you know, if the quantity was really all that was different, then we would expect to see the outcomes in the live birth rates and minimal stimulation IVF be, you know, much, much lower than they are. Now that said, they are not as high as traditional IVF, again, because the game of attrition still favors traditional IVF on the number side. So when we talk to patients about success rates for traditional IVF, versus minimal stimulation IVF, there is some differences. Um, you know, with mini stem, we are looking at around a twenty-five to thirty percent success rate per cycle, as opposed to traditional IVF, is more in the fifty to sixty percent range per cycle. Now, with that said that's an expectation that of course, you know, our patients are very, very comfortable with and very much prepared for. And that's because the experience of the treatment is so much more bearable and it's so much more tolerable to our patients that they're okay with the idea that, hey, you know, I'm gonna hopefully be getting better eggs. My pregnancy rate, this one particular cycle may not be as high as if I did a traditional IVF cycle, but I know that the overall outcome, whether it takes one or two cycles will be just as good.
0: Yeah, yeah. And... it's 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 a vital point is this point of the experience of the patient you um hear so much and read so much about how stressful IVF is and how taxing it is not only on the female body but her psyche you know how stressful it is for all those injections um the egg retrieval all all that so just take us through how different that is with mini stim what can a woman what can a woman expect when she goes through mini stim as opposed to the barrage of treatments she would be getting with traditional IVF.
1: Sure, sure. You know, there are some components that are very similar. So we start off with a baseline ultrasound. We wanna take a look at the ovaries, the uterus, make sure everything looks anatomically normal and healthy. Um, we look at hormone levels. We have to see where every patient is and where we need to get them to. And so that's kind of the start of any type of IVF. Where it really gets different from mini stim is when the stimulation itself starts. So traditional IVF starts right off the bat with multiple injections on a daily basis, as well as monitoring a to visualize via ultrasound the ovaries and make sure that those uh, stimulation medications are being tolerated and performing correctly. Um, With minimal stimulation IVF, we start with oral medications and only introduce injectables periodically and at very, very small doses. And that means that we don't have to monitor as aggressively because we don't worry about the aggressiveness of minimal stimulation the way we do about the aggressiveness of traditional stimulation and that's because with high doses of stimulation medications, the ovaries, as we just mentioned, are working to get all of those eggs ready to go uh, during that cycle, they can get very, very large and produce very, very high levels of hormones, specifically estrogen, that then can contribute to a condition called ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, which is a serious condition um, that can range from you know mild, moderate discomfort, easily managed at home, to hospitalization um, and procedures in the hospital to mitigate the effects. And so because those medications have that potential, it's very important in traditional IVF to monitor very closely so that the physicians know when those stimulation medications need to be either lowered or turned off completely. Because our goal is to get fewer eggs, we are not aggressively stimulating the ovaries to the point where they can develop ovarian hyperstimulation. And so that allows us to monitor with less frequency, which allows our patients to be in the office less often and have fewer blood draws. So while a traditional IVF patient may expect, you know, anywhere from 12, or excuse me, maybe 10 to 14 days of you know, multiple injections a day, maybe every other day going to the doctor's office for an ultrasound and blood work, um, all culminated by, you know, the retrieval experience. A mini stim patient instead will start her stimulation and take oral medications for the first week or so. Um, She'll come in, have one appointment with one set of blood work, one ultrasound, and then we'll add a little bit of injectable medication over the next few days, come back for some additional ultrasounds, and. Head to the retrieval. So, really, we're talking, you know, an entire cycle, you know, from the beginning of stimulation can be done in around five visits.
0: Wow, that sounds very pandemic friendly, if you ask me. There's much less risk and exposure to women that are seeking fertility care at, at a mini STEM clinic.
1: Absolutely. And that was, you know, the silver lining that we found as we were building the clinic was that we really hoped that providing this option would give patients here in San Diego an option that would make them feel more comfortable where they could feel that they were being exposed to a healthcare setting much less frequently and therefore not delay treatment further, because I'm sure there are patients out there who have been concerned about not just, you know, the state of, of, you know, our population with the pandemic but concerns about the vaccine concerns about you know being sick themselves possibly prior to or during pregnancy and so mitigating those risks is very important to us
0: right and and uh the fewer medications the lower the
1: cost right is is that why mini stim is more affordable than traditional ivf Absolutely. That's one of the biggest reasons. And it's the medication cost is just astronomical when it comes to fertility medicines. And that's because really these are are hormones that are being produced to exactly mimic what our bodies would naturally produce. And that's an incredibly complex and difficult thing to do. Um, But these medications are thousands and thousands of dollars. In a traditional IVF cycle, a patient may spend upwards of five, to $6,000 just on medications alone. Wow. With minimal stimulation since we're significantly reducing especially the injectable portion of those medications, our patients will easily spend you know less than $1,000 if not significantly less than $1,000, maybe you know 5 to 6 $700 at most on medications. And so that's really the first big savings that you see with minimal stimula- stimulation IVF. The second is has to do with that contact that we were just talking about so every time a patient comes into the office and has blood work and an ultrasound that's cost and by eliminating a lot of that extra monitoring and blood work we're able to keep the cost low from that perspective as well so across the board from you know our portion of of the procedure with the retrieval and the lab um, to the medication side of things and the pharmacy end, you're seeing cost savings both places
0: and you mentioned that that you know mini stem is is for uh, women that maybe don't want to take as many medications uh, as they would in a traditional IVF cycle. A woman that maybe wants a, a gentler approach. Um, maybe a woman that wants to be able to actually afford care. Somebody who can't afford traditional IVF. Who else is mini stem for? What what type of uh, patient would would benefit from mini stem? You know. I have friends that have PCOS. I've got older friends who can't get married, uh, get, can't get pregnant because, or are having a difficult time getting pregnant because of their age. There, there are so many different infertility diagnoses. Which type of patient or diagnosis is, is would benefit most from from Mini Stem?
1: Sure, sure. No, that's a great question. You know, when Mini Stim was was developed by Dr. Cato back in the eighties, you know, he really came at it with the approach of less is more, kind of the way that we are adopting ourselves. With that said, he also discovered that this type of stimulation was especially effective for patients who were struggling with diminished ovarian reserve. Um, And so these are patients who oftentimes are older, but not necessarily, um, but for whatever reason, the ovaries are not responsive to traditional stimulation techniques um, or have just been, you know, sub-responsive, so to speak. And so he realized that the combination of the oral and injectable medicines did something different for these patients. It really, again, physiologically prompted those ovaries that were really trying to shut down to actually produce and to deliver eggs that had not been able to be retrieved before. So the reason that we think this protocol is especially effective for patients with diminished ovarian reserve is exactly because of its simplicity. Um, You know, these patients typically respond to absolute maximum dose protocols with about, you know, five, six, seven, eight eggs if they're very lucky. And to get there, they are often doing upwards of five injections a day. With minimal stimulation, we can still get those same eggs. We can get those three, four, five, six eggs, but with maybe four shots total as opposed to five per day. And so again, it goes back to the experience. It goes back to having that physiologic respect for the ovaries and working more with what the body is wanting to do naturally that I think really is what makes mini stem amazing. Now you mentioned, you know, there are lots of diagnosis in infertility and that's absolutely the case. Diminished ovarian reserve just happened to be a place where we recognized that minimal stimulation IVF worked especially well and provided the patients a way to go through treatment in a much more tolerable way. But in the process, we've actually discovered that mini stim really provides benefits to all kinds of patients. So you mentioned PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome is a great example of a patient population that can really benefit from mini stim almost in the way that is completely opposite of our patients with diminished ovarian reserve so patients with polycystic ovarian syndrome tend to have a lot of eggs and tend to over-respond to the stimul- stimulation medications that we give such that we have to watch very, very closely as they go through a traditional IVF protocol because, you know, while a typical patient may start growing 15 to 20 eggs, a patient with severe PCOS may start growing 40 to 50 eggs.
0: Wow. And as you
1: can imagine, that can really, really significantly increase those risks that we talked about earlier of the mm-hmm. hyperstimulation syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so for these patients, minimal stimulation is a great option because not only does it keep them at much, much lower risk for any type of hyperstimulation or any sort of adverse event as a, as a result of treatment, but it helps prevent those ovaries from just over-responding and giving so many eggs that there's almost too many you to know what to do with. I've had patients with PCOS who've gone through traditional IVF and wound up with 13 embryos at the end. And oh, my goodness. And they said... Dr. Davis, we only want two children. What, yeah. what are we going to do? It's a moral it's a, dilemma. It's an absolutely huge moral dilemma. It's It borderlines on a crisis for a couple when they've completed their family because to them, those are their children. And they're just going to have to sit there and they don't know what to do. They don't know if they're comfortable, um, you know, donating them for adoption. They don't know if they're comfortable donating them for research. So they just sit and many, many years go by, and a lot of these embryos end up abandoned. And so there's actually a large problem in this country with abandoned embryos. Um, It's something that's being discussed a lot. And again, minimal stimulation helps assure that we only create the embryos that a couple really wants to use, um, and that they don't have this problem later on with what to do with all these extras.
0: It's it's both fascinating and ironic that both a woman with very few eggs with diminished ovarian reserve and a woman with PCOS that has a lot of eggs would benefit
1: from the same treatment, mini stim. It's, it's kind of cool. It is really cool. And it's one of the things that I just, I really love about what we're doing here at Pearl because, you know, the more patients we work with, the more we see too that this just is a great option for just about anyone getting started um, on their fertility journey. Because, you know your typical patient who maybe hasn't had a diagnosis yet or has been told that they are unexplained infertility, these patients respond just as well as our patients with diminished ovarian reserve or our patients with PCOS. And so, again, when it comes to entering this world of reproductive medicine, which can be very frightening and very overwhelming, you know, mini-STEM may offer an option for patients who otherwise would be just really turned off about what the IVF experience has traditionally been.
0: And the other thing that turns patients off is having doctors that don 't really see them as anything more than a number and um, can 't relate to what they 're going through, but I think you probably can relate to what these women are going through. You uh, came to be an IVF doctor kind of through a personal experience right
1: i did I did in fact it 's a it 's a funny story um, you know i have I have three beautiful daughters, um, and I was fortunate enough to have successful ivF cycles but My husband and I, as we were starting on our family-building journey, discovered that we were infertile. And it was ironic at the time, because I was already well on my way to this career, and I thought, okay, well, here we go, I guess I'm going to get to be a patient. Um, But really, my interest in fertility medicine had started even years prior to that, when I had the opportunity to be an egg donor. Um, And that was an incredible experience that I had. able to donate to three different families in Southern California. It was just an absolutely incredible experience to have this opportunity to directly help these families and help these couples build the families that they had always wanted. And that's really what inspired me to go into reproductive endocrinology and infertility. Um, So it was really almost funny. I guess I can say that now, though at the time it certainly was not, that uh, we sat across from our own doctor, my husband and I, and were told that IVF was going to be our only option. And so
0: what do you you tell women that come to you and say, and maybe even women that come to you from traditional IVF, and say, Dr. Davis, I've tried everything so far. You're my last resort. I just want to have a baby.
1: Then I say, welcome. You're in the right place. Um, That's what we're here to do. Um, We're here to help patients really experience something different and whether that is the protocol itself or just the experience that we're hoping to provide in our clinic of really personalized one-on-one attentive care with the availability of adjunct treatments including acupuncture and nutrition counseling and mental health services we really want to be the place that patients can come and say okay this is it we can do this here, I'm comfortable here, let's go.
0: That's Dr. Ann Davis from Pearl Mini IVF. You can check her out and her clinic at pearlminiivf.com or email to find out more, info at pearlminiivf.com. Dr. Ann Davis, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, Alessia, this has been so much fun.
0: You've been listening to Oh Baby, the laid-back podcast about pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. See you next time.